0: and welcome back to another episode of rebel with a cause joining me this evening is the one and only rollo from the rollo mcflugel rollo and slappy or whatever we're calling it this week <laughs> how's it going bud
1: uh, it's great eric thanks for having me on
0: uh no problem it's uh been a long time coming uh since we uh, first met at childerberg and could verify that you were neither a ring or missing arms uh, i guess uh, <laughs> uh we had to had to get you on at some point
1: allegedly um I'm not. Uh, I'm not exactly comfortable with saying that that was necessarily me at Childerberg. I could have sent Crispin. Oh, okay. As I'm my as me. my surrogate and just thrown everybody off.
0: Oh, okay. I, it was a little weird. You know, when you met me, you first introduced yourself as the life model decoy of Rollo Mcflugel, and I was a little thrown off. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, they're if, if you noticed a little bit of like a, a contortion in the face and, and a jolt of the body, that was me pressing the shock collar. For Chris and be like you're not supposed to do it. we went over this man <laughs> don't shake his hand now now it's awkward yeah. <laughs> now we
0: know why your phone wouldn't charge in the car
1: yes yeah <laughs> <laughs> you, were, exactly. you were getting some kind of interference <laughs> yeah. uh yeah speaking of Childerberg uh I assume you're going to Chili Dose oh yes uh okay good
0: that's a, is definitely in the plans. I also plan on uh, slumming it over there at the national convention for for just a little bit.
1: Ah, okay. So yeah, Childerberg one was an absolute blast, and uh, so despite funny. that, I mean, I still had things—small things, minor things—that caused issues, and some major things. Um, <laughs> kind of centered uh, around
0: the Colleen Airport. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yes, unfortunately, my uh, what I thought was a great decision. Now I can save a couple bucks. Spend a few more hours at Childeberg. Right. Uh <laughs> Blew up so much in my face.
0: <laughs> That's how things usually go. It's like, oh, I'll save a couple of bucks. I'll just go to this no-name airport out in the middle of nowhere
1: and everything will be yeah. good. Well, Google, Google Flights is telling me that I can go here, so it must be okay. <laughs> well, if Google says it.
0: Was it on page one or did you have to click the uh, feeling lucky selection? <laughs>
1: Uh, I, I forget what I, you know what it was? It was, I wanted to not have to leave like really early Sunday morning. Yeah. And I didn't want to have to have a, you know, four hour drive to Dallas or Austin or San Antonio. Right. Uh, because I didn't know what my, uh, condition would be Sunday morning.
0: That's very true. Uh, Uh, Saturday night was, uh, was a little crazy.
1: Yes. Yes. And, uh, I ended up being okay for the most part, so it didn't really matter, but I also just wanted to maximize my time at Childerberg, so I guess we're beating around the bush. I don't know. I'm sure we have basically the same listenership, but in case, you want do you want to go over this story of what happened?
0: Uh, yeah, you go ahead and tell it.
1: Okay, so <laughs> I'm from the uh, Philadelphia area, and so I was trying to, I was booking flights, and and uh kind of knew I would have to run a car to be able to drive from whatever airport I flew into. But Lake Buchanan in Texas is not – between Dallas-Fort Worth, Houston, uh, San Antonio, and Austin, they're all reasonable drives <laughs> within like four hours. Right. And uh, – but, they, you know, I'm, I'm trying to keep the cost down for the flight and also uh, keep the drive down. Um, So I flew into – ended up flying into Austin and then made the drive. It was uh, maybe like two hours or so to get from – and I flew in Friday night, no big deal, and and got there without incident and had a great time at Childerberg, and then it was time to leave. And so what I thought I was being slick and smart and awesome was that instead – I found a flight out of Killeen, Texas, kind of mid to late afternoon. Mm -hmm. And that was only maybe about an hour drive from, from where Childerberg was. And so I said, Oh, this is great. I can get on this. It's got a layover in Dallas. Cause it's a, you know, it's a small regional airport. And then right. from Dallas to Philly, I'll be home. Uh, I don't know, by eight o'clock at night, I think. Yeah. Philadelphia
0: just, time. Just in time to relax, maybe have a drink, yeah. go to bed on time. Yeah. You know.
1: <laughs> yep. And be at work one Monday morning. No problem. So, uh, it's time to leave childerberg i uh it was only i think the uh me and the peaceful shriezing guys were the last people kind of kind of hanging out there so i was able to hang out with them for a while that was that was a lot of fun and uh and then i left said my goodbyes and, and made my way to the clean airport and colleen is uh it's it's only there because of fort hood pretty much yeah <laughs> and uh i didn't know this i just you know, a little regional airport in a place I didn't know about. So I get there. And as I'm walking in to the, uh, to the front, I see on one of the TV screens behind uh, where the, the counters are with the, the people for the airlines uh, a map of the radar. And I see a whole lot of green,
0: <laughs> never a yellow in there, yeah.
1: yeah, and then orange, and then red just in a wave across the entire screen. And then I start, as soon as I see that, I think I got like a notification for like a tornado warning on my phone. So it's like, oh, okay. So uh, I kind of noticed, started hearing the conversations people were having with the person at the desk. And I get up there and I said, hey, I've got a flight in two hours or so. And I said, yeah. No, you don't. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's not happening. And I said, yeah, I kind of figured that. And I said, well, what's, what can we what can we do about it? said okay well we don't have any uh any flights tonight unfortunately because of this because it's a really rinky dink airport right and uh apparently this storm was like a massive storm throughout all of texas yeah and so they uh they say all right here's what we can do uh the best we could do is a three o'clock flight out of here tomorrow (laughs) so i said okay it is what it is uh so i uh I get new, I, I book a hotel room to stay in Colleen and I, uh, and I find an Uber and I get in and, uh, you know, I have a conversation with the driver. And since I'm going to be in Colleen for, you know, the next 24 hours. Right. I wanted to be I, I asked the drivers, oh, okay, what's, uh, you know, I got to eat dinner and stuff. What's, uh, what's like a good place so I can get the kind of the local fare here? And she goes, well, we have a Buffalo wild wings, uh, a tilted kilt. And you don't want to go to, and she named some other generic restaurant. Like I said, Oh no, <laughs> where am I?
0: You're in strip mall city, baby.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, because I've been to, I've been to other non large cities like Tulsa, Oklahoma. I've been there for work a few times and I've had fun there just traveling by myself, even a few times, right. Found some good spots. And, and so I can, I can have fun basically in any city, any town, but, um, there was nothing in Colleen, so i uh i ended up just going across the uh across the parking lot to a holiday inn and uh just sitting at the bar having a burger there because there's also this massive thunderstorm rolling around i didn't have a car i didn't want to be walking around and get caught in the tornado or anything so not a big deal i have to spend my sunday night there and uh, actually i think i uh yeah, I ended up recording an, an episode of the Rollin and Slappy show that night. So I'm like, Slappy, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but I'm going to be flying in. I think my I was supposed to be in Philly by like eleven o'clock at night, so right. it wasn't really ideal. Not so we recorded the episode. Life was good. I go to the airport the next day, and uh, I walk up and the, and they say, "Well, that thunderstorm last night basically like." <laughs> I was like knocked down the control tower in Dallas, like they had massive damage there, yeah, and uh, and and everything was just like a mess in Texas, like all the airports, nothing was was really happening well. And then they said, Oh, by the way, um, all flights going into Philadelphia are basically cancelled because they're having thunderstorms out there today, too. <laughs> So they say, the best thing we can do for you is three o'clock tomorrow. <laughs>
0: like, no. That's like their standard response for everything.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I happen to have my laptop with me. And so I sat down there and pop it open and start looking for flights and they were right. There was nothing out of Texas. So I start expanding my searches. I start looking in like Louisiana, um, Arkansas kind of area. Yeah oklahoma and i eventually found a flight uh a direct flight so it was actually you know improvement out of st louis
0: (laughs) which is Uh, only like what 10 11 hours away
1: (laughs) yeah uh if if you hit no traffic and or you know going 100 miles an hour and so i I said it's a six o'clock the (laughs) next morning and so i you know i I search. Well, how long is the drive? Is that? And it's like twelve hours or eleven hours, whatever it was. I said, "Well, you know what? It's uh, it's like twelve o'clock here, or one o'clock here. I I have time to do that." <laughs> and so I walk up to the, the desk again and I say, "Hey, I found a flight. Uh, can you book me <laughs> this this flight number out of St. Louis?" And she's like, well, "We don't have a way to get you there." I said, "Yeah, I know." She goes, "Well, how are you going to get there?" I said, well, "I'm going to." Go walk over there and run a car. <laughs> and she looks at me like I'm crazy. Yes. Justifiably. <laughs> right. Um, and she goes, did you get a good night's sleep last night? I said, I did. She said, okay. So she booked me for a, uh, a flight and I walked over and uh, I start walking the first rental car thing. And I- I'm going for like the cheapest rental cars. So I'm not trying to spend, you right. know, bajillion dollars on this unexpected part of the trip.
0: Yeah, a Chevy Sonic will do.
1: Yes. Well, every every car place is uh, is out of cars. Oh, except I finally. Yeah, it's it's a small airport too, and it's last minute. I finally get to Hertz, and they say, um, "Well, the only cars we have are like SUVs that are kind of on the higher end." Right. I think it was like a Buick which isn't higher end, but like, you know, higher end than what I needed. And I said, uh, all right, well, that's what I'm getting. And so I, uh, I drove, I left there at like one or two o'clock in the afternoon and made my way up to St. Louis. And it was, uh, you know, spirits were pretty good for a while. I was like, Oh, I get to see Texas a little bit more than, uh, than I ever have. And I'll drive through Dallas and and see that. And even drive through Waco a little bit. And, you know, I, I, I love, I, I can catch up on the 8 billion podcasts I'm listening to. And, um, man, that was, uh, I, I was about halfway through the trip and I was like, I made a huge mistake, but it was at the point where I was, you know, well, I can't turn around because then I got to go. Um, it doesn't make a difference at this point. Yeah. I might as well just, yeah, keep, might going. As well just keep going. And uh actually uh I was starting to get worried because I didn't know how long I was able to like stay awake (laughs) driving. Yeah. But I had been calling uh American Airlines when I was still at Colleen before I went up and just talked to to the the person at the desk. And so they called me back and um I had remembered that there was a nine o'clock flight on us, the same flight, but at nine o'clock, and I said, Is there any way? If we could change my flight to the nine o'clock one. And I said, yeah, sure. So, and I could barely understand, like I had really, really bad reception. Yeah. It was like, I was trying to like say the name, the number of the flight I had. And it was just, they couldn't understand me. I couldn't understand them, but finally got it through and made the change. So that was okay. But, um, you know, I, I got through Texas. Fortunately, the part of Oklahoma, I drove through like the Southeast portion of Oklahoma. Yeah. Like up, uh, Like, was it like 69 and 70, I think? Maybe.
0: Yeah. So, like that bottom corner of the pan part of the,
1: of this. Yes. Which, believe it or not, is pretty nice. Yeah. Like it's kind of mountainy and has, uh, and has a lot of water, like lakes and rivers and everything. Yeah. So it wasn't like this what you would expect driving through Oklahoma, like the, you know, dumb and dumber when they uh, run yeah, out of like gas. Just most like of Oklahoma is forever. like
0: piss on a plate. There ain't nothing out there.
1: Yeah. But <laughs> Except for the far as,
0: eastern corner. Yeah.
1: But as soon as I, I got into uh, Missouri uh, and got on uh, Interstate 44, Yeah. not only – so – that is the southwest corner. I, I learned way more about this the area of the country's roads and geography than I ever cared to learn about. But uh, First-hand knowledge even. <laughs> yeah. So Route 44 uh, – or I-44 I cuts from the very south east, southwest part of Missouri and just in a straight line, almost dead straight line goes to St. Louis. Right. More like on the east side of the state. And – When I was making my way into Missouri on the 44, that's also when it got dark out. (laughs) And so for the basically second half of the trip, I drove in a straight line in the dark. And I saw nothing. Yeah. And the only thing that was on the road was other 18 wheelers that, you know, that's what kept me from going insane (laughs) was that every, you know, minute to three minutes, I'd turn on my turn signal to pass. An eighteen wheeler and get back, and then yep. I would stop. I was, uh, you know, since I had a little bit more time, since I, I changed my flight to nine o'clock. I said, oh, you know what, I can I can stop at some rest stops and get some sleep, so I won't be absolutely delirious and in danger of falling asleep at the wheel. Uh, I am used to uh, the east eastern seaboard megalopolis right uh, rest stops where there's like a lot of people. And they're big, and there's like you know restaurants in those places, and even the small ones, even the small ones are kind of like lit up and nice and everything. Not in Missouri, no. These were just like terrifying. Uh, you're going to get murdered here. Places. <laughs> there. So the one where I
0: maybe a toilet yeah. and a vending machine and two yes. other cars, and you know there's uh, dudes. <laughs> uh, creepy, creepy
1: yeah. cars. Yeah. Like. And uh so I just I, I I oh I have to try to get to some sleep. So I uh <laughs> I pulled up right in front, right where the doors was, right underneath a light. Um, so it, you know, was less murdery, and tried to fall asleep, but like it was just the, the fear of I'm gonna get murdered here. I, I really didn't have I think I would fall asleep for like three seconds and then wake up be like, ah, ah, what is anyone around me? <laughs> Do I gotta defend myself? And there were some other other uh places I stopped to go to the bathroom or get a drink or something and just man at 2 a.m off i-44 in uh, Missouri going into these like weird gas station convenience store restaurant things yeah it's just it, it's it's a different different world and several times I was very convinced I was gonna get murdered but I survived it um, could not believe, you know, it was the happiest experience of my life. Finally parking and, uh, wandering my way around the St. Louis airport. Uh, this was about 6am where I finally got to the terminal, said, you know, what, let me, let me get, let me get some breakfast, got something to eat at a restaurant and got a, order uh, ordered a Bloody Mary. And they <laughs> said, would you like to make that a double? And I said, yes, absolutely. <laughs> I was, would love for you to make it a double. Yeah, could you make it a like a quadruple, maybe, please?
0: <laughs> Throw a couple of strips of bacon in there just because.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. And uh when I got on that flight, man, I just immediately zonked. I think I was I was in the aisle seat. And normally, you know, I can kind of sleep on flights, but I need to kind of be in a good good spot to rest my head and everything. Right. My head just right in front of me, slouched down, <laughs> just out. <ow. laughs> so that was my uh it was the very painful – if you thought the story of it was painful, just <laughs> imagine the – because it, it ended up getting stretched out. The, the I think it was like a 14-hour drive is yeah. what it ended up being. Yeah, something crazy. Uh, 800 miles and just – <laughs> I am not doing that again. <laughs> and Colleen is now the worst place in the world to me. <laughs> and that's why I did it because I could not – like I understood that this was not going to be a good – Necessarily a good ride, but the idea of spending another night in clean was <laughs> just it just wasn't on the table
0: yeah that's uh it's always gonna be crazy, especially and when you're traveling like that, and something comes up and you know for a fact that it's just gonna suck,
1: yeah, yeah you know, like you know the stories where like you hear um like the superhuman's feats of strength where it's like a hundred ten pound woman like lifts a car to save her <laughs> child, right. That's basically what happened with me saying, like, yeah, I'm taking I'm doing this trip.
0: <laughs> I can make it.
1: Yeah, I, I will do whatever it takes to just have Colleen in my rearview mirror and never ever go back there again.
0: <laughs> well, hopefully during uh Childerberg Dose you don't fly into Colleen or anywhere around Colleen. <laughs> you just no, make it to I, Austin I, and then that's good. <laughs>
1: I will I will sooner uh, ride my tractor all the way than oh, good fly in or out of uh, Colleen
0: yes and we got a tractor reference
1: that's awesome of course of course <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah my uh my story wasn't as bad it's like uh, I woke up that Sunday morning and I uh, was like all right well I gotta drive back to Baton Rouge Louisiana which was you know nine hours away
1: <laughs> yeah that's I uh, that's no that's not a short drive either
0: <laughs> so what I, about
1: uh th- Go ahead. Sorry, uh,
0: I was just gonna say, yeah, it wasn't quite as bad as driving through Missouri in the middle of the night, but it's like, uh, <laughs> you know, all the rain that you were getting, we got like as soon as I pulled up in my driveway. So,
1: okay, I had yeah. just
0: beat it. <laughs> but
1: yeah, uh, but uh, was it like a Theodore from Crowd Funded Government had like an enormous drive? Someone else did too.
0: Yeah, uh, Theodore was kind of fun that Sunday morning. I'm like in the middle of trying to make coffee and he like gets out of his car. He stretches for a second, gets back in his car and then takes off. <laughs> I'm mean, like, did he even not like say goodbye or anything? He drive, he the Irish dro- exit. yeah, he drove around the park for a little bit, came back and he goes, it's been a pleasure, gentlemen. And then he took off again <laughs> 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 to drive back up to Chicago. And we were like, all right, that was kind of weird, but okay. Maybe he was just lucky to be alive because uh, we had threatened to give him a Viking funeral. I think at one point. Oh
1: yeah, we were making. <laughs> uh, were you there Friday night?
0: Um. No, I had got there okay. like the Saturday, like early Saturday morning.
1: Okay, there there were maybe half a dozen of us there Saturday night, and all you know, liquored up, just sitting <laughs> in the dark around a picnic table in the middle of this. I had no idea what that place looked like until <laughs> Saturday morning when it was light out. Yeah, um, I had like saw a so, few
0: pictures on like the uh, the Parks and Rec uh, website. I was like, oh yeah, I guess they will be kind of cool.
1: Yeah, but we're all sitting there like the first time we're meeting most of each other, right? And and we're we're sitting there making fun of crowd, Theodore the crowd of fun government because he's like the status there. Yeah, and like coming up with all sorts of like ways that we're going to murder him. <laughs> Like right, and he's sitting right there with us.
0: Yeah, blatant violations (laughs) of the the, non-aggression principle,
1: (laughs) notwithstanding. That's like the poor guy, (laughs) because it's always like you know you're you're meeting new people, and they're libertarians, and and you know libertarians. We certainly have our uh, our stereotypes for for good reasons. Maybe not. Yeah, maybe (laughs) not being the 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 most normal of people. And here, this poor guy just drove, you know, however far away in the dark. (laughs) With, you know, a lake behind with no one else in the area and just having a bunch of, you know, self-proclaimed anarchists talking about all the different ways that we're going to just like lock them in. Yeah, lock them in. Well, yeah, there's many things like run them over with cars. Yeah. Uh, I think we're going to lock them in a cage and put them on a on one of the air mattresses and just push them out into the lake.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then but, someone brought up Viking funeral where we we're going to shoot flaming yes. arrows at him. And we we're like, guys, like, right. nice, we don't even right. have a bow and arrow to even do that. So.
1: Well, say, you know, we're, we'll, <laughs> we'll figure things out. We're all industrious people. Yeah, But I, the main reason I want to, I, I brought him up is because, um, he brought a bunch of apples and, you know, we're sharing with everybody and we're, and we're watching him eat them. And he just, he ate the entire apple except the stem. Yeah. And, um, I was like, dude, like you are a maniac. And he goes, no, no, and then gave his whole spiel about how it's, you know, healthier for you and blah, blah, blah. And I had actually at one time working a night shift where there was nothing going on at work. Uh, I had an apple. I was eating for lunch and I was bored <laughs> and decided I like unpeeled the skin off the seeds and ate ate the flesh of the seeds. And they actually taste good. Yeah. It's like a little like cherry almond flavor. So I was like, I, I see that, but like the core and everything. And he was yeah. like, no, no, no. Well, uh, there was a maybe a month or two ago, I was at work eating an apple for lunch and I said, you know what? Well, this, I was like, this apple's really good. I don't want it to end. So I said, well, there's, there's still apple here. And so I just did the Theodore and ate the entire apple. And I have not, I have eaten every apple. In its entirety, since and so I wanted to. I w- I went on Twitter like I got to tell Theodore that he was right, and I shouldn't have you know made fun of him. But he doesn't exist anymore on Twitter.
0: Yeah, he kind of got uh, off of there. I don't. I don't know what happened to him.
1: Yeah, so uh, I hopefully he's a chilly dose, and I can. Yeah, um,
0: we can tell him then. I can.
1: Yeah, I can tell him. Like, man, you you changed you changed my <laughs> apple eating experience
0: because uh, since the nineties. I've been doing the same thing. I just eat the entire oh, okay. apple. Yeah. So, uh, one time I was, um, when I was in the army, we we're, uh, doing a little uh, exercise outside and, uh, we had to get lunches delivered to us and, uh, they gave us an apple with the lunch. So, uh, a buddy of mine didn't like apples. So he handed me the apple as long as I traded him for something else. So I mm-hmm. had two apples. I'm sitting there eating and I ate core everything and just like through the stem. And uh, all the guys were like, what the fuck did you just do? I was like, man, he's just eating apples, you know, <laughs> <laughs> just pretending like, oh, there's nothing wrong with this. I was like, why are you guys not eating the, the entire thing? Why are you wasting the rest of the apple? But yeah, uh, yeah. People just kind of was like, what? You you drank the, the little uh, uh, Tabasco sauce that would come with the MREs. Like I would just go around <laughs> just drinking that stuff. And uh, and they, they just didn't know what to think. I was like, I can't believe you seeds and everything. I was like, yeah, it's the best part.
1: <laughs> well, it's it's brilliant because now since most people don't do it apparently, yeah. like you go around with people that don't know you or don't know that you do this and just be like, oh, well, how much money would you give me to eat the entire apple? I'm <laughs> right. like, no, there's no way. And people start throwing $5, $10 down and and it's just normal, but yeah. you just made money. Um, so I think one of the reasons why I like had an issue with it was because of my my experience growing up eating apples was my mom would mostly buy red delicious apples, which that name is just the biggest lie yeah. in the world because, yes, they're red, but they are not delicious.
0: Yeah, they're barely uh, red, they, if that. And then delicious is, eh, maybe.
1: If delicious means just a mealy mess, then Rent. yes. <laughs> but uh, I remember I said to my mom one time, like, why are you, like, these... There's better apples out there. And she goes, Your dad likes them. I'm <laughs> like, Does he, does he, is it because they're the cheapest ones? And she goes, No, he, he likes them the best. And I said, uh, Okay. <laughs> um, So ever since I, you know, started living on my own and doing, you know, my own shopping and everything, I've expanded my Apple horizons. And, and I've, um, in the past year, you know, maybe two or three years, I've been, I've been figuring out my favorites favorite things in life. Okay. There's so many things where I just never was able to identify like a favorite thing of something. Like, uh, I made a big deal about in one of the podcast episodes when I figured out who my favorite actor was. (laughs) And so, uh, I am, I I like a lot of pomp and circumstance with, for the sake of it, for silly things. Sure. Um, (laughs) I would like to officially reveal (laughs) my favorite type of apple.
0: Okay. Go for it.
1: Uh, well, for for a while, I thought it was the honey crisp because that's you yeah, know that's the a good choice every, honey crisp yeah, everyone always talks about how yeah you know, oh honey are so good and they are good they're delicious but more very recently actually this week because I realized that I was forgoing honey crisps and picking this other apple but my favorite apple is the pink lady
0: oh, nice the pink lady yes I love it
1: yeah it is a good. Good apple. So, you know, I, I'm I'm very curious. Do you have a favorite apple yourself?
0: Uh, actually, it's a uh, part of the delicious family. It's the Golden Delicious apple.
1: Really, I yeah, I might have had like one of them in my life. Yeah, I should I should pick some up. Yeah, I don't know why. I, it's like for me, I had I struggled with the uh, like the the Granny Smith and and green apples because it's like oh, no, apples are red. Yeah, And I guess when I was younger, I didn't like the tartness as much, but I've, I've come to appreciate it. So I'll have to uh, – Yeah,
0: if you can find golden a, a Golden Delicious, they're, they're pretty good. Uh, they are going to be a little bit mealy, just like the, okay. the Red Delicious apples are. But the, mm. the taste profile is a little bit different. And then there is this one thing that I'm almost a little bit too scared to try, and it's called a grapple, where they've uh, hybridized a grape and an apple together.
1: That's – Wow. What does it look? What does it look like?
0: It kind of looks like a kind of like an odd shaped plum. It's kind of got that purple color to it. Okay. Yeah, I see them every now and then at the Albertsons. Yeah. Uh,
1: The other thing, because I I now do a lot of my food shopping at like uh, these farmers markets near me, and they've got a lot of like ethnic foods and everything. And uh, well, one like the uh, Manello orange, I think they're called. Yeah. Or Manello Tanger or Mandarin. Right. Oh, just unbelievable. Delicious. Delicious. But um their pear game, because there's a lot of uh Asians shop there and they've got a lot of yeah. you know Asian stuff. The Asian pear game is unbelievable. Right. Um, I don't know what it's called, but uh because we're we're so used to just like the Bartlett and the Bosch pears, and they're okay. Yeah, you can mark. appreciate it. Yeah, right. But like, man. A whole nother world. Uh, <laughs> again, I don't know what it's called, but it's just this big round, almost circle, and it's kind of like a, a slightly brownish yellow. Okay, and it is just the crispest, juiciest, like thing, like and, and like a very like a, but it's like dry, like kind of a dryness to it too, and it's unbelievable. And I was like eating this, and like, what in the world? <laughs> I did not know that this, like, could exist as a pear.
0: Yeah. Especially when you get uh, some of the Asian varieties of apples. Like, they have a Fuji apple that's pretty good. Mm
1: -hmm. Fuji's are good, yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: The pears, I know what you're talking about. I can't think of the name, the specific name of it. But, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah.
1: I I just know that they normally still come wrapped in that, like, lattice uh, foam.
0: Yeah, to keep them from bruising. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And Uh, they're expensive, but... uh,
0: yeah, pretty much because, um, I mean, that's all going to be imported. Uh, yeah, yeah. There is a a, a Persian lemon that's uh, a little bit bigger than a, like a regular – like Meyer lemon. It's pretty good.
1: Hmm. Okay. Oh, speaking of citrus, I uh, – <laughs> man, we're really like hitting on all the important yeah. libertarian topics. Yeah, <laughs> getting
0: all the fruits. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, was. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, Rollo's on the show. I, I bet it's going to be dominated by Bitcoin. Right. No, it's, it's about uh, Asian pears. I just discovered it. And what's well, my favorite apple? But uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, I like citrus a lot. And I think my favorite fruit is grapefruit. But uh, I saw. Yeah. Yeah. I hmm. saw at the store one time the pomelo. And it's like a greenish, yellowish grapefruit looking thing. Okay. I said, oh, I've I've heard of these, and, and I heard they're kind of like sour. Let, let me try it. So I bought one. Probably very and, sour. And um, yes, yes. <laughs> um, so uh, don't judge a book by its cover. Maybe because uh, you're used to peeling like a grapefruit or an orange, and the rind is you know maybe quarter inch thick. Yeah. Maybe maybe a little bit thicker if it's. But this was like the the rind was like an inch thick on this thing it was (laughs) was insane
0: it's all peel
1: (laughs) yes it was the most difficult thing in the world to peel. and so like you look up a picture of it and like you see the cross section and it's just like the the goofiest thing in the world (laughs) because it's just mostly just that white uh what's it called whatever that below the rind is yeah and uh it was just a hard, sour mess once you got to the actual fruit. Oh, I can imagine. I guess people do something with these, uh, not peeling them like a (laughs) navel (laughs) is.
0: There has to be a reason why this tree exists in the first place. Yes. Yeah. You would think like an ancient man like a thousand years ago would just like try to chop into one of these. Was like, this is bullshit. Burn that tree down and make sure it doesn't propagate.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's like, I've got, I've got, you know, oranges there's many different kinds of oranges available. I've got right. uh, grapefruits. I've even got lemons and limes that I can I can I can chow down on. But yeah. pomelos, man, just what is – it's not worth it. Slash
0: and burn that entire forest. We don't need this. Future, future no, generations prob- aren't going to want this either.
1: Yeah, I should actually like look it up and see what they're actually used because I'm sure they're useful for something. I mean they yeah. were selling them for money at a store so <laughs> presumably i was not the only person to buy one
0: <laughs> yeah there has to be some kind of use case uh down here in louisiana we actually have a special kind of uh citrus called a satsuma which is a little bit of a different form of a mandarin orange and they are delicious really yeah
1: um pretty good oh another kind of are uh it begins with a c uh katarina or something
0: Sounds something familiar. like that yeah
1: something like that but those those are delicious oranges. And then uh yeah, I got into the blood orange game a little bit too, and that's that's also very good.
0: Yeah, it's kind of off-putting when you cut it open and it's just all that red. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, "What? Well, oh, it's a blood orange. That's why."
1: <laughs> oh, I murdered it. Oh, it's a fruit. <laughs>
0: it's just a fruit. Nobody cares. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, be careful. I'm sure there's some people. Actually, did you ever see the video of the uh the people um uh mourning the loss of the trees?
0: Oh, I can only imagine that it was uh, as crazy as some of the is what I'm imagining. You know, people getting around and, you know, screaming, crying and...
1: Yes, everything else. It's like a clip on YouTube that's from, like, some documentary and you, like, you hear the narrator and it's, like, kind of the PBS kind of special from the early 90s kind of vibe to it and it's like... and, And we go to the, you know, the tree people in the forest and they show these people, like, kind of not like super hippie looking, yeah. But you know the kind you kind of know what their deal is when you see them, <laughs> and they're kind of like sitting, sitting just in the middle of the forest. Some of them are kind of rocking, and then it just it just cuts to this woman, and she goes something like, "Why I am here because we want to mourn the loss of all the trees, and we are very sorry <laughs> for what we have." You! <laughs> and she just starts to like the crying, hyperventilating. Oh God. You see all these other people, like you know, hugging themselves and each other, and just you know, just crying and wailing over all of the, the, the you know the things that have happened to the trees, and it's it's just top top end YouTube content. <laughs> so, like the
0: uh, the SJW feminist after Donald Trump got elected, and they're in the middle of the street going, "No." <laughs>
1: Yes. Yes. Imagine. Um, that's exactly what it was, but instead of imagine them imagining or instead of someone, um, being really upset over who the president is, uh, imagine that, but they're really upset that people cut down trees for things. Right. And then you got to think which, which one's stupider to lose your mind over. And I'm not sure the answer.
0: <laughs> I'm at a quandary. I don't, I don't know.
1: Yeah, it's uh what what has what has a what has a lower significance on my life. <laughs> um someone cut down a tree in the forest, right? Or uh Donald Trump got elected instead of someone else.
0: <laughs> you can almost see like the migrant worker whose job it is to go and plant the shoot in the middle of the stump, you know, to grow back the tree for a couple of yeah. years from now. And he's looking over well, actually, at all the I- white people like Screaming and wailing and gnashing of teeth. It was like, "What's wrong with the gringos over there?"
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, there's. It's funny when you like go on like Black Twitter or something, and you just be like, "Oh, it's great." And 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 whenever they like post something of white people doing something stupid, like their their whole like uh, white white people are at it again, or why? What is it? Why people? Yeah, why W Y P I P O. Yeah, and it's yeah. just like you look and and you first be like, well, no, and you and you're like, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah I can't I, like, I can't yeah, spend this one. You got me. I gotta wear this. I gotta wear this one on the chin.
0: Yeah. Just, because That's where the mayonnaise goes after I have a cheese sandwich.
1: <laughs> exactly. But it's like, man, you just you, ah, you're ruining you ruin us for us. Like all <laughs> the
0: Oh, my favorite one oh, wow. was the uh, the dad dancing where they – that was like at some music festival and they've got like this one as white as you can be dad. He's got the black socks and the shorts and he's like snapping his fingers and just kind of grooving to the music and everything. It was like, this is y'all people.
1: <laughs> yeah. And you're like, well uh, – It's like he's uh, having a fun. Yeah. He's
0: having a great time. Leave him alone. Yeah, he's a well, dork. <laughs>
1: Well, it's like well speaking of like concerts and music things, whenever like you're someplace and and you know the crowd starts clapping to the music and they and they all go clap on one and three, and you're yeah. like <laughs> yeah, stop! Uh, two and four please have two some, and four. Have 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 a little bit of soul. Come on. Have a little bit of soul.
0: <laughs> we don't have to worry about that. We're Sicilians. We've got all the rhythm <laughs> in the world. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> although yeah one of my I would have to say you're probably more Sicilian than I am so
1: I actually think I'm not Sicilian I was incorrect I thought my <laughs> oh, uh no
0: And now time for a break right here in the middle of the show Harry oh all right now that we've paid some of the bills around here now back to the interview
1: yeah I thought my uh mat- uh paternal grandmother was from Sicily and I was telling everyone that. And then, like, of course, I get an email from my dad, being like, "Oh, I have all these uh, a lot of family history stuff. I just, I just came across.
0: All right, Rollo Warren coming at us."
1: <laughs> and he goes, "Yeah, was, okay, so great. Um, you know, send it over." And he goes, "Yeah, uh, you know, Grandmom's from uh, uh, some information um from her from being a, from, uh from now I'm forgetting where uh, she's from, but it was not Sicily. <laughs> I was <laughs> oh, like, oh, no. she's not from Sicily. No, who who was was that from?" From mom's side of the family, I was like, I don't think so. I'm like, oh, I just must have made that up. But, uh,
0: <laughs> oh, I think we may have touched on the uh, title of this episode Rollo, One Ten Twenty Fourth Sicilian. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a good chance, good chance that, you know, some Sicilian blood has, you know, crossed my path at one point. So I should be able to claim it. Yeah. I, I, I sweated on you
0: at uh, Childerberg. So maybe that counts for something. I don't know. I'm only a quarter myself. I mean, as if you couldn't tell with the red hair and the white skin.
1: (laughs) Well, I've got some northern Italian. My my maternal grandfather, his family's from the more northern area of Italy. So it's just a fair – he was a fair-skinned fella.
0: Yeah, northern Italy is – it's almost like the really southern part of Germany. I mean they eat sausages up there. It's it's really crazy.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's amazing like how different culturally – that country is because you, when you when the average person thinks of italian they think of one thing but you can go across that entire country and it can it can be wildly different and it's not a big country no no it's a
0: uh, it's fairly small and then even by the time you get down to sicily there's like so much greek and northern african influence in there i mean they're basically you know barely european at that point
1: <laughs> <laughs> right which is which is why it's so funny to like for when we get categorized as who we are and it's like, oh, you're, you know, your family is from Europe. And so you're just like a white person. And so like, there's a tendency to, to act like, well, you're, well, you're like, um, yeah, I'm Italian and Polish, mostly Italian. It's well, You're, you're basically, that's like the same thing. You're you're European. It's that's
0: like crazy different. No,
1: (laughs) I have way more in common with like Greek and Egyptian and Northern African than, than I do with like, swedes or even like the british
0: yeah exactly
1: <laughs> which since that is since i i do have more in common with uh with africans that means that i can say the word <laughs>
0: <laughs> i'll just have to insert a bleep and let everyone <laughs> yeah. let everyone else's imagination just run wild yeah maybe don't
1: maybe don't maybe don't do that for for my sake <laughs> <laughs> you totally said
0: Oh oh just, there we go. Oh I just said it. Oh no. I just outed myself. Sorry folks. Mm. And I said the mouth word that I wasn't supposed to say. Darn darn.
1: So uh, that kind of <laughs> that kinda uh reminds me of uh so my one coworker, he's pretty uh pretty in line with a lot of the ways that we think. I don't know that you would identify as a libertarian, but um yeah. you know, he, he hates taxes and, and goes takes incredible lengths not to pay taxes. And I love talking to him. about it. Okay. Well
0: more libertarian than some of us. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I know. And he hates the cops and just like enjoys all sorts of like mayhem and kind of like is in line with how I think culturally about a lot of stuff. So he's, um, and he's into Bitcoin a little bit. So he's, he's really great to talk to. And he said that um, his kids go to like some, like, I think it's like, I I don't think it's a charter school, but it's not like a normal public school. But um, apparently, like the the kid who's like the top wrestler in the school, there was like some Instagram video where he uh, he's recorded saying the N- oh or 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 saying that he called someone the end something, and um, you know, not great. If my if I found out my kid saw a <laughs> video of my kid that was posted on social media saying that, it's right? Like, uh, it's like, dude, you shouldn't. You shouldn't do that. I'd be pissed. Um, and and I, I would understand the school being upset, especially if it was at a school event and they could, you know, he's representative of the school and he's saying this. It, it doesn't reflect well. So I would expect the school would have some sort of consequences for the student for that. And apparently they did. But um, it wasn't enough for a lot of parents in the school. Apparently there are like a bunch of parents going on this uh, like crusade to just like ruin this kid. Apparently he's got like a, a scholarship for wrestling to some college and they're trying to like figure out what college he's going to so they can contact the college oh, and man. everything. Yeah, you can't And know. they're like, f- they're like flipping out at the administration of the school to, um, to like, you haven't done enough for this. And they're just like this, 17 or 18 year old kid. Yeah, he made a mistake, but he's a 17 or 18 year old kid. Like what what dumb stuff did we all do when we were that age? And and you you're like you, you, the idea that you want like you're you're an adult person. You're probably between the age of like 35 and 55. The parents at this school and you have children and you're trying to destroy this kid's life because he said a he said a mean word to someone. Right. Which he probably like, instantly regretted after saying. Yeah. I mean, once yeah. it came out, he was probably pretty embarrassed and he probably learned his lesson right there. And, um, you know, it just creates this uh, like so many Like, I feel bad for these kids at this school. Right.
0: It's, um, it's terrible. I mean, you're going to go after a teenager who's going to be dumb because uh, that's what teenagers are gonna say something like we said you know probably instantly regretted it after he said it he knows that you know people are coming after him over it Uh, there's no point in to continue going after him over it
1: and it's and it just it just it just sends so many bad signals to these kids like uh uh because i guarantee you if if he went up and and punched the kid in the face that he called the n-word then the parents would not have been making uh, the big deal about it as they are now, but it's right. like well, what? What's worse? <laughs> now
0: I would say the violence is probably a a tick worse. You know, just a little, right?
1: Bit. Yeah. And it's like it's and and it's 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 acting like the kid who who he called it. I don't even know if he called it to the kid's face or not. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, but it's like it's telling like, is this kid? Did he get harmed by it? Was he upset by it? I mean. There might be this like off, some off chance that his you know his father or like some relative was like involved was murdered by a racist or something and got lynched and so this like that actually would have a, a a big effect on him. I really doubt it. Right. But you know we can we can imagine that being a case where it's like all right, well this is a little bit you know it can have a little bit more seriousness. But my coworker made a great point about it. And he goes, "What?" He was like, "I would love to be able to like litigate this this thing." Uh, between these two kids and sit them down and um, say to the, you know, the quote victim to be like, all right, um, what do you think that you're owed out of this? Um, you know, do you need compensation for this? Um, do you need counseling? Because if you need counseling, if, if you're mentally harmed or emotionally harmed by this, then it, it would make sense that the kid who called you that name should pay for your, for your counseling.
0: Right.
1: Um. And when you put it in that context and in that way to be in like, oh, someone called you a mean name. Do you need to go see a shrink for a while and have the, the guy who called you that name pay for it? Like, I'm pretty sure 99.999% of people be like, yeah, no, nah, I'm good. Uh, maybe buy me an ice cream cone and we'll call, oh, we'll call even.
0: Can he just say, I'm it, sorry? <laughs> Which
1: yeah, is pretty but, much how they would handle it. Right. But I think if you put if for people that like get upset over this kind of thing, like especially if it happened to them, like make them do that. Make them sit down with the other person and have some some person be the arbitrator and be like, all right, explain to me how you were harmed and what you believe you deserve from this other person as restitution for that. And especially if it's like a a 17 or 18 year old kid, be like, oh, well, he's going to pay for you to go to uh, counseling for eight weeks between six o'clock and eight o'clock every friday night
0: <laughs> yeah. oh good you I, just I gave him the, more assignments to do
1: yeah i think the pain and suffering associated will go with it real quick and the other thing too is that if if this happened and like none of the parents or no adults found out about it but the kid the kid who got called the name found out about it right well you know what i think would be pretty good is that it's probably going to motivate him the next time they wrestle <laughs> to uh to to want to beat him yeah have a chip on his shoulder so that when when he can he can put him down and beat him in the match and stand up and say you know it's the only worse thing than being an n-word is getting your butt handed to you by by one right exactly and like that kind of settles it a little bit better yeah heck I, I i don't condone violence but i think it would it's a much better thing if if someone called someone a name like that he just got punched in the teeth for it yeah Pretty much. I think that would be a, a, a much better outcome than what these parents are doing now. Cause if Mike, again, if, if I had a kid and he came home with a bloody lip and everything, I say, Oh, what happened? And he goes, well, I got punched in the face. Why'd you get punched in the face? Oh, cause I called someone the N word. Yeah. Like, well, all right. sounds like you're not going to do that again. Right? <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, there's one thing that, uh, Jordan Peterson did talk about, it's like, uh, well, the reason why, uh, you know, men don't really like to, to get, you know, vocally, uh, abusive with each other is because there's a real chance that one of you will die,
1: <laughs> you know,
0: yeah, right. <laughs> you know, great violence can happen at a, at a drop of a hat. So we, we well, tend to be
1: kind of nice to each other.
0: Hmm.
1: Well, it's, uh, it's, my grandma, speaking of, of going back to the Italians, my grandmother, when she was a, a girl, there was someone in her, in her school that would just like bully her all the time. Oh. And, um, and there was one day she said, they're just walking home from school on the trolley tracks. And this girl was, was picking on her again and she called her a dirty Dago. Uh-oh. And she said, that was it. <laughs> and she said, I beat the tar out of her. And, uh. <laughs> <laughs> and she never gave her a problem again. And actually it was nice to her after that. And they got along a lot better. Uh, so yeah, you'll you know, actually I'm not find one that a p-
0: lot with the, uh, with the bully relationship. The moment the bully gets stood up to, then he's kind of nice to him afterwards. You know, they're well, not, maybe what, not going to be the best of friends, but you know, at least uh, all right, I kind of respect you now.
1: Well, that's what my, like my grandfather um, would tell the stories all the time when he was a kid growing up and he had a, you know, he'd have beef with another kid and they, and they'd fight. And then after the fight was over, they'd shake hands and become friends. Yep. And I'm not saying that, like, because I hate the people that go, like, oh, this the problem with these kids is they don't get hit <laughs> anymore. Like, I, I, I'm not saying that violence is, is, a, <laughs> is a great answer for stuff. Right. But I will say it's a lot better solution. I'd rather have that world than the world we have now, with words are worse then getting punched in the face and people have, uh, like start hyperventilating. Not even if they're the one that got called the bad word, which yeah. is they know it happened and oh, I can't believe this, this even happened. This is, this is the worst thing in the world. Like that's just poison. And, and, and we're going to reap the, uh, reap the fruits of that, uh, of those seeds that they've been planting. Just like, uh, it was funny. I was talking to a coworker today about, um, started talking about the elections and stuff and i kind of just said started talking about voting and um you know kind of my libertarian things and we kind of got on to the the topic of school and everything and and how in some of these like inner cities and and bad districts that you know the kids don't care right parents don't care and you know no one knows how to read and everything and it's like oh what are we going to do here and um you know because i made the comment like you know this should all be private there should be no public schools. So I was just kind of—I uh, don't normally kind of do the anarchist thing or like the <laughs> hardcore libertarian thing. When I but but for the most part, people know what I think there, and I was just trying to, you know, have 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 some fun. And and my audience there, I know them well enough that they're not going to get upset or offended yeah. by anything I say like that. So I, I can kind of be more open like that. Yeah,
0: you know what you and, can uh, and can't get away with. Pretty right, much. right,
1: right. right. And so um, like the, my one coworker was like, well, you know, how are we going to, you know, how are we going to like educate these kids and everything? And uh, because no one, like they don't know how to read and, and they're, you know, failing at math and, and the parents don't know anything. It's like, don't you realize that that is the product of the system yeah. that you are advocating for right now? It's, and, and I, I was, cause she was complaining that like, you know, the United States is so far behind with math. And kids are going to school and they're not able to read or write. And it's like the uh you know, back a hundred years ago, when they were, you know, developing the Prussian model for American school system, they were like explicitly talking about how they want to just create factory workers who know how to do enough math and how to read enough to be able to like perform their factory jobs, yeah, but not enough to really actually think critically.
0: Yeah.
1: And I'm like, this is and she goes, well, I don't think that's what I'm like. No, 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 no. This is what they were. There's, there's no denying. This is what they were trying to do.
0: Yeah, and is a, this uh, is what. A great book by Charlotte Ezerbeat, who was the uh, part of the Department of Education under Ronald Reagan, who wrote the uh, the book, The Deliberate Dumbing Down of America. And she mm-hmm. uh, talked all about that.
1: And this is the result of that. When you have a couple generations that you train not to be able to think. Yeah, and and now it's just it just it's a really really bad positive feedback loop yeah um and it just you reach the point now where there's just kids that go through school and like literally don't know how to read
0: yeah and it's awful uh, and you think like that's been going extremely downhill since 1979 you know when the department of education was created uh (laughs) yeah uh, imagine that but uh yeah you you talk to some of these kids and you know some of them are very bright And smart when it comes to, you know, video games, you know, I can talk to my son all day long about Fortnite and then I'll like point something out to him that he doesn't know from history or from, you know, a a new way of doing a math problem. And he'll just kind of like, well, they're not teaching us that. I was like, I know it's it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I can unschool you a little bit and show you a little tips and tricks on how to get around some of this stuff. But it's, uh, yeah, the intelligence yeah. is there. It's just the stuff that they're being fed is garbage.
1: Oh, yeah. And just like the the, the education system is just horrible. Yeah. The way they teach kids is just brutal. I, and it's been – I have uh, three nephews. The oldest one is eight and the other are uh, – they're six and four. And and seeing them grow up um, has just been so – I've had so many like revelations and it, it's it's given me such like a – well, it's helped me jog my memory on what it was like to be a kid and everything. And now with kind of the uh the red pills I've taken with like the education system and all that and learning yeah. and everything, and I see them and they know more about dinosaurs and sharks than I can ever hope to yeah. to know. Like they're really, really smart about it. And the way they learn that is by reading books. Yeah. And because they're interested, and little kids just like want to learn so much. I remember this was years ago, but I, we're babysitting a family friend's kids, kid, and he was you know real young, and uh, just learned how to count, and I taught him how to add and subtract, within a couple minutes, and he picked it up. Now, if you went back a half hour later, I'm not sure that he would you know remember how to do it, yeah. but he understood when you were explained it to him and showed him how to do it he understood it and was able to do it. Um, Like you can push kids to learn stuff that you, you would think that they they would never get. And so I didn't start reading until I was in my early twenties because I finally started finding stuff that I was interested in reading. So, like I, I look at my nephews and i'm and like they love to read and they have their their reading levels are like way above what they uh you know they should be for their age yeah um and i just worry that like they're going to go to school and be bored and they're going to yeah. they're going to hate to read because i remember like remember well you know it's really weird i was thinking about this recently how you have r- a reading class in school yeah it's like, well, shouldn't that be part of like everything that you do? Yeah. <laughs> like, shouldn't you be learning to read in like your science or your history book or, you know, whatever else you're doing? Um, yeah, it's kind of like basic. <laughs> but yeah, I, I remember like in, in, I used to, that was the class I hated the most was reading because you would have to read these stories that was just, I, I couldn't relate. They were boring to me. I couldn't relate to anything. I remember uh, it used to kind of be like a joke to me that, like, oh, this this is going to be a, a story about Julio. Like there was there were more stories about Julio <laughs> than like anybody else, and not obviously there's nothing wrong with having a story about Julio, but it was like they were trying to inject this, like, well, we need we need these kids to be like uh, cosmopolitan and uh diverse and so we're gonna have them read about these other well what does an eight-year-old kid care about yeah you know a different culture like if you're an eight-year-old kid i wanted to read about uh you know trains and airplanes and bugs like i i would have i probably would have loved reading if that's what you know they had me read about yeah but i had to read about you know um you know julio's inner city i don't even know what it was I, I it, it just didn't mean anything to me and so it was just it was brutal to read about yeah
0: it's like who is this character why do i care about him and he's doing something in the middle of the city
1: which i'm not in yeah <laughs> right just not just stuff that was completely unrelatable but they try to like force feed it on these kids so that they could be like well they got to learn yeah. to be diverse and and like people but it doesn't all you do is make them hate whatever they're doing and and yeah. have them think that, like, just whenever that topic or whatever that story was about gets, like, brought up later on or they, they uh, get exposed to it again somehow, you're going to get, like, anxiety over it because it just mm-hmm. reminds you of just the most boring, awful thing in the world.
0: Yeah. It's like, oh, man, I remember that when the teacher made me sit down and read about this guy doing something, I think.
1: It's and now like, I got more stories I, about him. I was like, I, I don't care. It's <laughs> like I can't watch Star Trek. Um, this, this sounds this sounds like a weird. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I don't. I, I'm sure it's a wonderful show, but I cannot watch it. And the idea of me watching it gives me anxiety. Uh-huh. Do you know why? It was because there was one time when I was a little kid, I got in trouble doing something at home. And I think my mom wasn't home and I was just, I was being uh, a brat probably. And so like, you know, my dad was working. Yeah. My (laughs) dad was working and, and, and for whatever I was doing, I couldn't be left alone. I needed like have an adult, like watch me while I was in, you know, whatever was the equivalent of timeout or something. Right. And my dad was working on something in the garage. And so he's just like, well, you just, and he had, this little like black and white TV in there, and he was watching Star Trek with the uh, was it like Next Generation? Okay, with uh, Picard's the dude, yes, and the dude from Reading Rainbow in it, yeah, Lavar Burton, and yes, who played Jordy LaForge, yes, <clears throat> and um, it was, it was funny growing up, we used to, I thought his name was Reading Rainbow, <laughs> but uh, but so my dad was just like, he was probably just like annoyed that you know, I was. Uh, not probably. He was annoyed that I, I was, you know, causing problems when he was trying to like work on something and just like probably wanted just a little bit of peace and quiet. And so he said, you just like, just, you have to st- as punishment. You have to s- just stand in the garage and watch star Trek. <laughs> and I remember just cause it was in black and white too. And when you're a little oh, kid, yeah, when there's no. color TV and you have to watch a black and white TV, it's just the worst thing in the world. Um, and just, Star Trek to like probably a six or seven year old kid.
0: Oh, you might as well be watching paint dry. Yeah.
1: I remember it was the most torturous thing. Like I remember having to do as a little kid, it was awful. And because of that experience, like I get a little bit of anxiety now that I've like (laughs) realized that's why it is. And it's kind of a funny story. It's gotten a little bit better. But seriously, like how often do you think this is happening with kids in school oh, with trying to learn stuff?
0: It's a daily occurrence. Like, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, the Star Trek thing is silly and it's fun and it's funny to laugh at. Um, and obviously it's not going to, you know, the fact that I don't like Star Trek isn't really going to have much of an effect on my life. But like these other, these poor kids that are going through the same thing, but with like important stuff, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's awful. Yeah,
0: I say it with my son sometimes because uh, I'll know he didn't have a good day at school one day. When the next day he wakes up, he's like, ah, "I don't want to go. I just want to stay in bed." I was like, "Okay, what happened?" And then, he, <laughs> then we have to kind of go through it. And I was like, "Okay, well, you know, you you have to bring it up to the teacher that you're bored, and maybe she'll get you more challenging work." <laughs> you know, I understand.
1: I, so I I remember it. uh I. <sighs> I was normal. Like I was, I don't know. I didn't mind school too much. Um, I always have like growing up in like grade school and everything. My class was like a bunch of really good kids and everyone got along pretty well. Um, was a decent school I went to. So even though it was, you know, a lot of garbage that was taught, I didn't mind it. Um, and it didn't, I didn't get so brainwashed that I wasn't able to (laughs) erase it to the point I do now. But, um, I didn't really mind school that much. Um, man, I just completely lost track of where I was. Mm. This is, you know, this, this is the, the, the gods of libertarianism giving me payback. You just, you just, you just didn't like criticize the Prussian school model. Yeah. You're complimenting it. So we're just going to erase your memory of what you we were <laughs> just trying to talk about. Instant mind wipe. Oh, I, I remember now, All but right. um, good. Yeah. So I remember like, I didn't, for a long time, I didn't really have to study. I was able to just like, all right, because they're teaching. You're 30 kids in the classroom. You have to teach everyone. Yeah. Try to get everyone to basically understand most of what you're you're doing. So, you know, I, you know, I would pay attention. I was I was a quiet kid, good kid. So I sat there and paid attention and got it. Uh, but I kind of always knew that, like, maybe don't say that you're bored because you may not like the consequences of it. And I remember in eighth grade, <laughs> yeah. one of my friends complained to his mom that he was bored in class. And so his mom told the teacher. And so th- the teacher just gave him like additional work.
0: Yeah, that's pretty much it. Like, he had happens. to do
1: all the normal stuff, but then he had to do <laughs> a bunch more work. And it's like, well, no, that's like, and that's horrible because it doesn't mean like it, it, what that, the, the teacher thinks that I'm bored means that I'm done with my busy work. I need more busy work. That the idea of not being bored means that no. you just have more busy work to do. Yeah, Like that's, and that mindset that you have. instead so like, well, we need to challenge him with something different. Like no wonder, like it's so bad that the teachers are just like, just have wildly horrible like perceptions of what's going on and how to deal with that stuff. A market distortion, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> D- yes. <laughs> Believe it or not, a completely uh, socialist and uh school system would create market distortions. And, and the private version of the school system is pretty much what we call private is pretty much a fascist system. Yes. So, uh, <laughs> you know, Market distortions abound, yeah, believe it or not.
0: Exactly. But yeah, I had the similar thing in math class. I would get so bored with the stuff and uh, made the mistake once of telling the teacher I was bored. And then all of a sudden, the workbook came out and photocopies were made. Oh. <laughs> I was like, no, 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 no. I'm bored because we're learning addition and I know how to do this. <laughs>
1: That, yeah that's, that's the reason that's, why. Uh, give me like
0: multiplication tables or something challenging. right. <laughs> not just like four more sheets
1: of the same garbage that we've been doing all morning you know <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, it's just uh, just well it's just it's they're, they're teaching kids how to be paper pushers and just yeah, pretty learn much. how to fill out paperwork and not think just do. yeah. Uh, speaking of workbooks and and horrible things in school, did you have the reader readers' writer's notebook?
0: uh i'll have to think back i because that was I like the kind most kind of yeah i kind of remember this thing where there was like a paragraph on one page and then the second page adjacent to it you had to fill out like questions and they were all essay questions you couldn't like
1: it was no multiple
0: choice or anything like that
1: yeah Is that kind of what I remember- talking about yeah yeah it was all like written th- you had to like write down stuff and um and even though you have probably had to write, like, like two sentences, it was just, like, the most – I remember it was the most dreadful thing in the world. Oh, yeah. Um And I remember it was, like, an oversized book, too. Yeah. And so it just, like, didn't fit in the desk well. And, I, like, you had to bring it home in your school bag. It was just mm-hmm. awkward and annoying. Just everything about it was so bad. And that actually <laughs> – that reminds me of a story. I remember it was in fifth grade. And, um, like, I did well in school, but for his, like I, – I was – I was a real idiot sometimes, and like didn't didn't realize what I was like doing. And uh, I remember at the we're doing something about uh, I forget what the exercise was, but it was about like weird kind of words. And at the bottom of it, it said like write down a bunch of like weird words, and by weird they meant like the way that you you pronounce them versus how they're spelled. Yeah. Um, so like baloney and kernel. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. And that's what, you know, um, everyone else in the class understood it as, but not me. Um, I thought, you know, okay, well, what's, let me find some weird words. And uh, the dictionary is a huge book of so many words. And I knew that like, I go around the dictionary and just see all these wild and crazy words that I don't, you know, (laughs) I don't know what they are. And so, you know, I did, I, I walked over to the little bookshelf where the dictionary was I closed my eyes, flipped around a bunch of pages Pointed. and put my finger on and put my finger on a word and I wrote it down. And so, you know, we're at the, the time where we're going around the classroom to, uh, to give our answers, what we did. So I raised my hand, I'm all proud. And, and all the kids were saying words like Colonel and baloney and yeah. things like that. And I, I didn't think anything of it. And I was like, Oh, I never heard of this weird word before. And so, um, uh, teacher calls on me, and I'm pretty sure I pronounced it this way because I had no idea. I n- had never heard the word, and, and, I, and <laughs> the word was, I said, erotic. <laughs> and I remember the teacher being like, because remember, I was like a good, quiet kid. <laughs> and she was like, uh, uh, uh oh, 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 okay. And um, Little Rollo? What did you yeah. say? And then afterwards, like later in the day, she like calls me up to her desk and she's like, why did you, where did you get that word? Why did you say that word? And I was like, I just wanted to find a weird word. So I just looked at it, it, closed my eyes and found a word in the dictionary. And she's like, oh, oh, okay. And just, you know, dropped it. Never, (laughs) never a word about it later. And it was years later, I happened to have that memory and somehow remembered the word like this this was not I, I never thought anything about it um i never went back into the dictionary but i somehow remembered the word that it was erotic and i real like it was like uh, the usual suspect thing yeah at the end where it's just like everything fell into place i'm like holy crap yeah that teacher must have thought i was just gonna turn into this like weird sec because who does that what what <laughs> fifth grader says What's a, what's a, just any word, any word you can think of. Erotic. It starts with an E. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how to pronounce it. It's probably pronounced some weird way that I don't know how to do it. And I'm probably, when I, when I say the word, oh, everyone's going to laugh because that's not how it's said. But, oh, it's such a weird word. Yep. It's uh definitely a weird word. <laughs> yes. Weird for Maybe a no weirder word to say it. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not a weird word. Just weird kid. <laughs>
0: No, it would have been better if he would have pronounced it correctly and then, like, looked, locked eyes with the teacher.
1: Erotic. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And some of the kids go, woo. (laughs) But I don't think any other kids, like, knew what it was because, like, no one. Yeah. There was nobody just just like that
0: correcting you. It's like,
1: it's erotic, dumbass. (laughs) Yeah. The only correction I would have gotten was, like, that's not a weird word. (laughs) Well, it's quite a normal word. But I remember, like, the look, like, because I remember, like, it, it, I remember like the te- the look on the teacher's face was just like shock and dismay. And it's like oh no, but I didn't understand why right. until you know. So it was always it always kind of like stuck out. But like I remember that time, and then I I <laughs> somehow remembered what, what word it was. It was like oh man, what an idiot, <laughs> what a dumb kid. Because <laughs> I remember sitting there being like oh, I don't know that I really understood this lesson that well. Ah, this is a weird word. I'm gonna yeah. say it anyway. Yeah, it was a weird word. <laughs> And I, and the other thing too, is I could have not raised my hand. Very true. I could s- have just I just like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to keep my hand up here and hope I get called on. So I can say it, say it loud and proud. <laughs> Cause you know what? I think this is a freaking weird word. <laughs> oh man.
0: All right. Well, I think that's a, a good, good spot to leave off. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we talked about fruit ended it on uh education misadventures.
1: Yes, yes. Pretty
0: good stuff. Why don't you go ahead and uh, drop all your plugs?
1: Yeah, thank you. Um, no problem. Again, I'm, uh, I'm Rollo McFlugel. Uh, you can check me out at uh, McFlugel.com where we have a uh, – host of a blog and the, the podcast, The Rollo and Slappy Show that I uh, have a weekly podcast. We release it late Monday nights with my co-host, uh, Slappy Jones 2. Uh, I'm on Twitter, at Rollo McFlugel. And um, – Yeah, we talk – I mean I've actually transitioned the Libertarian – or the podcast is kind of like – talk a lot about Bitcoin now uh, and also just about whatever we want to. But with the writing, I'm trying – I kind of took a lull from the writing for a while. I'm trying to get back into it. I'm going to mostly focus on Bitcoin topics and really really what my goal is to – I got one foot in kind of the Libertarian world, the other foot in the Bitcoin world, and um, there's a lot of people kind of similar –
0: yeah, it's not like there's a whole uh, lot of space in between those two worlds.
1: Right. But I mean, you're
0: not doing the splits or anything. You know, they're right. pretty close.
1: No, it, it, it meshes so well. Right. But a lot of people don't realize that um, on both sides of it. So I'm really trying to uh, kind of be a, a bridge be the between liaison, those two worlds. Which is yes. another weird word. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is that is a good weird word. Yeah. Um be the erotic liaison between the uh, All right now, jeez, the, the, the yeah, <laughs> the Bitcoin world and, and the libertarian world. So uh, I'm trying to like cover uh, some of the a lot of the basics in libertarianism and, and try to make it um, very much appealing to libertarians. And uh, also uh, the other other little project we have is LibertyMugs.com. Yes, uh, you can buy you get know. your
0: hundred dollar mug.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, I will. You will win a prize if you, uh, <laughs> if you buy the hundred dollar mug. I'm still waiting for someone to, to buy that. But, um, if it's believe it or not, uh, if you can be really creative and, and venture a guess as to what libertymugs.com is, as we sell, uh, libertarian themed mugs. Yes. And some t-shirts and, and some other stuff. Yep. Other little knickknacks in there too. Actually, you just started, uh, selling pint glasses. Great.
0: Cause we need yes. pint glasses for a uh, chili dose. Yes, we do. Because I'm pretty sure those uh, guys from the brewery in Oklahoma or wherever they were from are going to bring the the Road Toad brew.
1: <laughs> that was a good beer. That dude, that was a cool dude, and he had some yeah. good beers. And, and the Road Toad was, dude, it was, it had what was it, peach? Like yeah. not was, peach flavor or brewed with peaches. It had like chunks of peach in it.
0: Yeah, it was, it was kind of strange. I, I took a little taste of it and I was like, oh, this is something going on here. Somebody took some time. To get this yeah. recipe just right.
1: Yeah, it, it was. That was, was really that nice. was a Yeah.
0: Definitely needed for summer because it was like a, you know, kind of a refreshing beer. Mm-hmm. Pretty good stuff. So I hope those guys come back for Chili Dose. So that'd be awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm really excited. Um, chili Dose should be pretty wild and awesome. And uh, I think it was, I mean, Childerberg one was pretty well attended, but uh, I think it's going to be a lot bigger this time. So.
0: Yes, it is. Uh, when people on part of the problem <laughs> with Dave Smith are dropping that, <laughs> you're like,
1: yeah, I, 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 was like, oh, I no. actually, I uh, speaking to Dave Smith, he was in Philly for uh, his tour. Oh, did and, you go see the uh, show? And, yeah, yeah. Oh, awesome. um, it was, yeah, Oh, it was, it was such a fantastic show. It's, I think he's using some of that. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's a problem saying he's using that some of his material for his, uh, his next special he's coming out with.
0: Oh, okay. So he's um, working it out.
1: Yeah. And it's, uh, it's, it's pretty, pretty great. Uh, there was a girl, um, tried to got a little bit upset, like right sitting in front of him and he just like tore her up. Oh, just it was, dove right it in. Was incredible. <laughs> yeah. And Robbie, Robbie the fire, uh, did a set too. And he was, he was great. And afterwards we talked to him a little bit, <laughs> um, about Trildeberg. Cause he's going to be there. And so he's excited about it. So, awesome. uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a great, great, great time.
0: Yeah, I think I'm angling to be the uh, the MC for the uh, stand up comedy. At least, that's, oh really? Uh, yeah, at least that's what I want to do. But I don't know. We'll have to see. We'll have to see what yeah. the uh, Jake Meister has to say.
1: Yeah, I'm really excited too about um, doing the the second annual uh, fruitcake weight guess. <laughs> and we'll maybe this time out- I won't
0: come in second behind Mason. Oh, you were second place. I was like off by like a half an ounce or something like that. It was something ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, that was a lot of like I, I have to uh be uh enjoying some of the uh liquid liquid treasures there as much as I did the last time cuz that that helped me uh <laughs> extend what should have taken about 4 seconds into about 14 minutes. Yeah, something <laughs> me, like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: I will I will have to go on the record uh Rallo's is the only fruit cake that I'll eat. So there you go. <laughs>
1: That thank you. And you know what? Everyone makes fun of me. because like, I have my, you know, my little brand things and, and fruitcakes when I talk about fruitcake. And that is I legitimately love fruitcake. And everyone makes fun of fruitcake. And I brought fruitcake down to Childerberg and people I don't, uh, I don't
0: think you brought any back. If that's no, anything. no, it all yeah. it,
1: it all got eaten and <laughs> and there are a lot of people so I hate fruitcakes. You ever have it? No. Eat all this. Right, we'll try it. Oh, it's actually it's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> of course it
0: could have been in the amount of alcohol we're like looking for stuff to help sober us up. It was like, Oh, that's a, bro. yeah, there was,
1: there was, there was no other food. You're all going to starve to death if you didn't eat fruitcake <laughs> exactly. calorie dense though. So, I mean, yeah, it is great exactly. survival food. Yeah. doesn't need to be refrigerated. I actually, um, still have fruitcake sitting on my counter that I made, uh, this Christmas one is supposed to go to, uh, Greg, um, you know, not, uh, not Greg M on Twitter. Yeah. 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 Um, I forgot it the last day. we do a, a little uh bitcoin and liberty meetup around where I live and he shows up a lot and I was supposed to give him it to him but I forgot it. So actually we're meeting tomorrow. I don't know if he's going, but I will have to remember to to bring that fruitcake with me. So yeah, well, um, do not forget. Well, no, I mean it's just in the in the very early stages of its life. I I took a piece off the other night of the other piece of fruitcake I still had there and it still tastes as fresh as when I baked it. So <laughs> man it holds up.
0: Oh, good stuff. All right, folks, well you guys know where to go get him. Uh also join his uh Telegram group. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, cuz I'm in there as well and it's, uh, it's a it's pretty fun time. It usually devolves into uh this is what I made for dinner and this is the beer I'm drinking, but uh <laughs> yes, that's, that's which fine. I
1: mean that's that's what's fun about uh you know, the friend group on Twitter and um you know, getting to know all each other better because we're not just, you know, Libertarians, we have lives outside of it, and, and we can start talking about other interests that we have. We find out we have a lot of similar similar interests out there that we yeah. can talk about uh, so that's that's really, really a fun part of uh, doing all this stuff is connecting connecting with people in ways with more than just like, well, I hate the government too
0: yeah well, it's a free market success story because uh, you know what twenty years ago, thirty years ago, we wouldn't have known each other because you live in yeah. one state and I live in another, and we wouldn't have talked so yep. There you go. Bringing people together.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, so, Eric, thanks thanks a lot for having me on. This was, this was a lot of fun.
0: Uh, no problem, Rollo. Uh, have yourself a great evening, and we'll see you around the uh, Twitter and on uh, McFlugel.com. Uh, guys, go check them out. And uh, with that, we'll see you next week with a brand new episode of Rebel with a Cause. And we're out. Thanks a lot, buddy.
1: Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, how long would we go for? Uh,
0: hour 26.
1: Oh, wow. I flew by, <laughs> yeah, it was
0: pretty good. It's uh sometimes, oh, uh, like uh, when I did with Monica Perez, it was like well over two hours. I was like, uh, oh wow, yeah, yeah. we just did two hours, and she was like, what? I was like, yeah, I know.
1: Do we, we when we had uh, Jacob from Tasting Anarchy on about uh talking about the uh, well one I had him on talk about Bitcoin, and we went for like two and a half hours, and then we had the other thing talking <laughs> about uh the kidnapping child kidnapping service, yeah. And that was like another two and a half hour episode and we had to like stop because it was like we could keep going because we started talking one on another tangent and we could have just kept going and going and going and it was like, man, we're I – don't, I don't know if like Anchor can handle the fi- the size of the file I'm about to uh, <laughs> put on it.
0: Yeah, really. It's a When I had my episode with Jake and we started going down rabbit holes of like sleep paralysis and – <laughs> like nightmares and stuff and how he liked to have nightmares and everything. It was like, <laughs> it was like, okay, uh, we, we got to cut this off. Otherwise we'll be talking
1: forever. So <laughs> I know, but man, that's, that's what makes it fun. I, I always can't believe that. Like I still get downloads for like the two and a half hour long episodes where you think like people see that and they're like, oh man, there's no way, but yeah.
0: Well, I mean, if I Rogan can put it. them out for like three and a half hours, right. <laughs> talking about, you know, MMA and everything. So, mhm. Yeah. I, people will listen. People will definitely listen. Uh, I'm absolutely more surprised that somebody will go into the, like the deep back catalog and like download like episode one of mine. And I'm like, Oh, don't, don't do that.
1: <laughs> I, I know I'm the same way, but it's funny because it's like, I, I think it's with, with all like the social media and the internet stuff, like the idea of just like sitting there and hanging out and just having a conversation for a couple of hours. I used to do that with, uh, I used to go over to Slappy's parents house cuz I I went to high school with his brother. Yeah. Um and Slappy went to high school with my brother. We are 4 years apart, so we are never in school at the same time. And I kind of knew him from hanging out with his brother, but like I would go over to his parents house and we would just like sit on the porch and just talk and hang out. Yeah. Um That's and what and so I like to do what, about like, these a, yeah. And that's what, yeah. that's what podcasting is, is you can just like sit there and you're doing it over an internet connection, but just have a conversation and talk. And I think people, even when you're just, you know, shooting the the shit like we just did, it's still interesting and it's still fun to just do that. And I think it's, it's, we're kind of, the technology ironically is bringing us back to what we used to do before Yeah, and it's making it like, Easier, even even though we're doing it in a much different way, like there's still something about being able to just hold a conversation and get lost in talking about stuff <laughs> for a while um, is like a very important human uh, activity.
0: Yeah, uh, I started reading some like uh, old history and uh, pre-industrial revolution. There used to be a thing called second sleep, and essentially, what would happen is people would start getting tired like around uh dusk. And so they would go to bed, but because there's no like running electricity or anything, people had this natural sleep cycle where they would wake up at like midnight, one o'clock, and then they would just get up and they would go meet with their neighbors on their porches and talk for an hour and then go back to
1: sleep. It was so oh, weird. that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome.
0: <laughs> and they're kind of noticing that with some of the tribes down in the Amazon is they're on that same kind of sleep cycle. They'll go to sleep at dusk uh, and then get up like around midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning, walk around for a little bit, talk to each other, and then go back to sleep again. It's so weird.
1: Yeah, but that's – man, that's really cool.
0: <laughs> yeah, so maybe we're getting back to it slowly but surely. Oh, well. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. All right, Roller. Have a great night. Talk to you later. All right, little, you, too, talk to you later. Yeah, right. thanks again for having me on. This, uh, was,
0: this was good. No problem. It was a blast. All right, Bye.